Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or spend all day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an astounding duo of topical products with the specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters the most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% of your purchase over at CBDMD.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, so I made an observation tonight uh, that that I'm going to wind up paying for later to Jen. And <laughs> uh, I said that it's kind of funny that in couples, uh, so she had misplaced, like, the the thing that we hold one of her knives in, right? Like, which like it's a really bad time for me to say anything stupid to her while she's holding a knife. But so, <laughs> so she, she's like looking around the kitchen. She's like, Hey, do you know where the cover for this knife is? And I was like, it's, it's right behind you over there. And, and I made an observation. I said, it's kind of funny that in every couple there's, like a finder and a loser. And immediately, like, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which one does that make you? Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose, you know, we are all finders and losers at different points, aren't we? Just got it very existential very quickly. I like it. <laughs> I was, a, I'm, I'm a finder in, in the sense of, you know, that observation, but a loser for having made said observation is, is where I'm at. But I was kind of curious, like, where do you think, are you, are you more of a finder or a loser? I'm a loser. Or I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, you're welcome, Harrison, by the way. Um, <laughs> I am. Yeah. I, every, every person I've ever lived with, that is that has loved me and cared about me. Yeah. It's called me the absent-minded professor at some point. So <laughs> I'm a mess. I'm good at like three or four things in the world and just absolutely brutal at everything else. And <laughs> yeah, I lose the remote all the time. Uh I lose the nail oh, clippers. The yeah. Mm. All that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at finding things. It's funny, I'm very sloppy. Like if you were to look at my desk, you would say, like, this person is anything but OCD. Like the furthest, but I have like a system. I, I, I'm pretty good at like, you know, picturing where the thing was with this, you know, what, whatever it is I'm looking for and I can go back and find it. So I'm, I'm generally pretty good at finding those things. I'm just maddening in that, like everything around me, it just looks like it's in shambles at all times. And it doesn't make sense to anybody else. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And that's the thing is that like Jen is very tidy. So she'll pick up the thing that I put specifically in that spot because it's the way that my brain works. And then here we are. And I can't find that thing um, a little bit later because she did the responsible thing and has a house looking like a, you know, grown adult lives in it. I just, it's no longer abiding by my system. And now I am a loser uh, who is, who needs the, 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 uh, finder. Uh, we aren't going to spend our whole show talking about this. We uh, find ourselves in one of those rare situations between games, um, where there just isn't too, too much going on regarding the Lakers. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and use my old employer for content here and just kind of throw headlines at Pete and see if he has thoughts on them. If we have to, I might actually click on the link 
and, and give extra context, but you know, we'll just, we'll just see where this thing goes. I'm looking at it. So for those of you who are interested in what we might be talking about, there's Frank Vogel on THT. There's LeBron talking retirement or the lack thereof. Uh, the, uh, precautions that the Lakers are taking with THT and AD's injuries. So plenty, plenty of stuff here to get to uh, over the course of this one. Let's start here. Cause this is, this is interesting to me and it might actually take us beyond the break. Uh, LeBron says he has no idea when he wants to retire. Now this is coming on the heels of Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl at what? 43 years old. Uh, LeBron James is, the favorite, like the, the far and away betting favorite. Those of you who listened to me and got in at 12 to one, he's now plus 125 to an MVP right now. Oh, wow. That's yeah. <laughs> right. It's too bad. It isn't like stocks. Right. And I could just trade in my, my plus 1200 stock. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so this was an observation that somebody asked him about uh, regarding retirement and, and this new way that we're looking at athletes and the way that they're aging I'm I'm just kind of curious, Pete. Like, do you think like, what would it even look like if if it came to the time where like, okay, yeah, LeBron should maybe consider retiring? Oh man, I mean, he here's the thing. If you look at his game, despite his numbers remaining relatively constant, the way he does it is fairly different than he used to, right? Mm-hmm. There's there aren't a whole lot of those 40% three-point shooter mm-hmm. right now from three. Mm-hmm. And even his like off the dribble moves, it's not he gets a little bit of airspace, plants one foot and just soars above everyone else and dunks on everybody, mm-hmm. right? He's using a lot of a lot more technique. Um in those switches against bigs, right? He's got this great stutter step and and scissor step that he uses and has all these ways of shifting defenders weight. And it's a lot more craft that we always think Mm -hmm. of LeBron as the bigger, faster, stronger guy whose brain is like a supercomputer. He always gets praised for his physical abilities and for his mental abilities. He's added quite a bit of skill over Mm -hmm. the last several years that has allowed him to maintain a level of play that most guys can't the physical thing that he has to his advantage that he uses at the end of all of these kind of crappy games against teams that we're just trying to get the win and move on against is his strength. His strength plus his ball handling gets him close to the basket. Then he's got three dudes jumping on top of him. They may or may not call the foul in those circumstances, but that's been so frustrating this year (laughs) for sure. But that ability to collapse the defense is less with, speed and quickness and more with technique and strength now. So in terms of how long he could continue to play, I mean, it really, I, I, he's redefining the window of an elite athlete or an elite NBA players mm-hmm. career, right. In ways that certainly with Brady winning another Super Bowl, it certainly mirrors a lot of those questions. Uh, but like when he would decide to hang it up, I mean, that's, that's up to him, but how long would he be capable of playing in the NBA? I think he could play into his mid forties. I really do think <laughs> like he could be a good player into his mid forties, maybe not this caliber. And he'll continue to see a, an athletic decline and who knows how long he wants to put his body through the whole process of doing this. But just in terms of capability, if he wanted to, I don't see why we couldn't see a 43, 44 year old LeBron in the NBA, like having some degree of success. And that's crazy. That puts us seven years from now, Pete. That's almost a decade extra beyond what we've seen to this point. Anthony, this is his third <laughs> year with us. When he signed with us, I was like, all right, year one, I hope he's still a top three guy. 
Mm-hmm. Year two, I hope he's still top five. Year three, I hope he's still top 10. Mm-hmm. He's the best player in the world still. He's still top one. <laughs> and so that decline again is so caused by just a great leaps forward in his skill set. We've seen the his shooting improve this season. And just that, you know, keep pushing the game forward, keep improving no matter the status that you reach. And that's LeBron. He's a he's a great role model, great person to look up to in terms of your profession of no matter what height you reach, like keep getting better, keep working on your game, because there's always a place to grow. Yeah, I'm going to add more to this conversation beyond just giggling at the observation Pete has made the last few minutes because there is there is there is an important thing here that I want to point out uh, that I don't think I, I hear too many uh, people give him credit for in in this aging process. So I want to get to that here in a bit. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. Uh, Today's bet of the day, Lakers' thunder is not on there quite yet. They're still waiting to see whether or not Anthony Davis and or Alex Caruso are going to play. Uh, so with that, the games that I have in front of me are Atlanta against Dallas in Dallas, Charlotte against Memphis in Memphis, and uh, Cleveland playing at Denver, and that's the one uh, that I'm going to highlight here today. Denver is favored by 9.5 points against a Cleveland team that plays super hard uh, and, and has looked really good for stretches of the year and then and then sometimes not looked quite as good. I actually think because of how hard Cleveland plays and because of some of the questions going on in Denver, I'm not really comfortable, uh, you know, having needing Denver to win by double digits in order to get some money back here. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, and put a couple doll hairs on uh, Cleveland covering nine and a half in Denver uh, and and we'll see how that goes. Uh, Again, you can do this. You could fade or follow me. Uh, here on betonline.ag they have a ton of games beyond just this one uh, and it isn't just american games either or american sports either so they have all kinds of options for you no matter what kind of action that you're looking for and they make it super easy uh, to be able to have a little bit of extra fun here my only request as always is that you gamble responsibly that's betonline.ag promo code locked on for a 50 percent deposit bonus So I'll put it this way. Like you said, right? People comment on his brain. People comment on his brawn. Not enough people give him enough credit for, for his skill. And while we, we kind of marvel at the leverage he has been able to wield over the NBA to this point, I also think that plays a role in his, his lasting power. Like he's, he's hyper aware of everything else, right? Very much so. And that would lead one to believe that he's probably also hyper aware of the way he's aging, the way that he might age, you know, continue to age. Why do you think he became a 40% three point shooter? Why do you think he went out and preferred uh, Anthony Davis to highlight 
some of the the athletic deficiency, relatively speaking, that he has at this stage of his career compared to when he was younger, right on both sides of the ball. And I think a, a factor that I don't think gets pointed out often enough in in what might help him stick around, like you're saying, to potentially his mid forties, which is unbelievable to say out loud, but. Uh, his understanding and the relationship that he has with the Lakers of how he's going to age and what he'll need on the roster as that process takes hold is something that I think is really going to help him here and has already helped him so far as a Laker. And I can't wait to see, you know, as he remains aware of these things moving forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's part of the motivation. My theory from Again, just taking in the day-to-day experience of LeBron and having access to some great footage as well and not Mm -hmm. everybody gets to see. I think LeBron is trying to get everybody to bend the knee, right? (laughs) Like that he's going for – he's trying to end conversations and one in particular, right? Uh And. That there best is no Oscar, best podcaster ever. I, I you know, I'm sorry, Pete. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's coming no, for man. our stuff. Yeah, no, he's 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 coming for for bigger fish than you and I, and <laughs> uh, and I think that that's he's on a mission, and he understands the opportunity that he has here. In that the Lakers, like, none of this happens without LeBron, but the Lakers are also a great place with a lot of great supporting people. And, I, and I'm talking mm-hmm. that, that means genie. That means Palinka. There's a whole infrastructure that he can trust that his extension, the amount of time that he re-signed with us for really speaks to the level of trust that he has. He knows there's an opportunity here to win two, three, and hopefully beyond. Right. Let's get two first, of course. Let's not mm-hmm. count any chickens. But the opportunity is undoubtedly there to do it. And you start racking those up. You start climbing a little closer to Cream at number one on the scoring list. He's going to climb up the assist list as well. And, and just all of these kind of accolades. And, uh, and again, he's dominating in year 18 in a way that nobody's ever dominated in year 18. All of these things factor into uh, in a few years, are you going to be able to credibly argue for anybody else. I think LeBron's goal with his awareness of everything that's around him is to make that answer. No, here's my, here's my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, which I don't even think is that out in out out there, but I think LeBron saw the way that last year went and the way that the Lakers were, were able to roll teams. And I think that's when it really kind of clicked with him. Oh, dang. I, I can get to seven. I got, mm mm-hmm. I mean, I, bro, I there's so seven, many. I can get to eight. <laughs> you know what Let's I mean? Let's get to five. Let's get to five first. But, but you're you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong yeah. for him to dream uh, that it's not um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I I really think because you see the way that he's playing this year and the way, especially defensively, the way that he you know now he'll have stretches like he did last night, right in the first half, where it looks like you know kind of. Uh, second time around, he was in Cleveland, you know, the, the, the point in you rotate defense, right. That we saw for stretches there, but I think he, he saw how the Lakers were able to take care of business last year. And he sees where Anthony Davis is at this stage of his career. And he's saying, huh? Huh? And I, I really think that not that LeBron needs it, but I really think that was an extra, you know, little boost to the flame that just kind of is perpetually on fire underneath his ass. 
Yeah, he might not need it, but it certainly doesn't hurt, right? Like yeah. doing this for a team that you're just carrying every element of the organization to, you know, is it's a lot less a uh, lot less fire behind it, right? When that happens, yeah. as opposed to somewhere where you go, hey, we can actually accomplish some things here. And I I, I agree with you. I think he sees things that way as well. All right, next uh, headline here that I see is uh, Frank Vogel says he expected Taylor Horton Tucker to be this good this season. Expected him to be this good this season. Pete, do you buy it? Is where I want to start. I'm going to be the I cynic, do. and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ask you if you you buy it. What I buy is that Vogel believed in his talent, right? And mm-hmm. so much of what Taylor is doing so far is talent based, and he's not lost nearly as often as he was at the beginning of the year. But these are the t- so many of the plays that he makes are kind of these unique. It's not even within the system. It's just he attacked a closeout or got out on the break in transition or blocked a shot or got a steal in some way that's like. Oh my most guys don't do that or don't do that that way and that would show up in practices and in the last year's stuff in terms of Taylor's ability to kind of get up to speed on some of the more you know things that that rookies or younger players struggle mm-hmm. with uh that one I I'm a little surprised on that and he's got a ways to go I don't want to act like he's um you know cleaned everything up but I actually do believe and and even Frank told that story, you know, uh, I think to Sam Amick uh, and, and Sam told that story about how like Vogel last year in the bubble practices, like this kid's going to start for me that next year. Right. Which didn't end up working out, but it does speak to Vogel's opinion of his talent. And it just pops off the like Vogel and, and LeBron, all these guys that speak highly of him. They're seeing levels to his development and to his game and talent that you and I can't see. And so, yeah, I, he's, he's a guy that pops off the screen to me. So I, I believe it, but you're a little more skeptical on that. Expect is a strong word, right? Like <laughs> if he, if, if Talon hadn't been playing this way, you're telling me that Vogel would be disappointed in him. That, I don't know if I'm necessarily willing to go all the way there. I will say this, and this speaks to your point about Vogel really believing in the talent is I think the coaching staff has done a phenomenal job of simplifying the game for, for THT to the degree that they have, especially offensively, right? Where, uh, because there is so much creativity elsewhere because this team has so much more spacing than last year's team, like you can see it, THT catches the ball and they've basically given him the green light to say, go attack. Every time you touch the ball, get a foot in the paint. And and I think that's really opened up the game for him to just basically focus on that one thing offensively. And then what they're doing is they're just kind of adding, you know, all right, when you get a foot into the paint this time, uh, you're going to see Harrell kind of floating to the basket this way. And if that isn't open, that means they've probably offered a little bit of help baseline, which means that baseline corner pass is now going to be open. And I think the way that they're just kind of gradually adding to the game after starting with, Hey, just go, just, just go be a nuisance on offense and get into the key whenever you possibly can. I think it's been really smart. And that speaks to your point that like, you can't do that with a player who you don't believe can get into the key as often as he can. For sure. And I've loved how they've tied a lot of his minutes to LeBron's. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the vast majority of his minutes. There aren't nearly as many where bronze on the bench and it's with AD instead. Um, and I think that having that 
on one hand, I think it's a great, you know, teaching in the moment. I tweeted a clip where uh, we made a, a nice play at the end and uh, Schroeder hit a one dribble pull up toward the end of the f- fourth quarter. I believe I don't think it was OT yet, um, but it was a big play in the game. And, uh, and as they're going back to the the huddle in the timeout, like LeBron puts his arm around THT and it's talking about either that play or a previous play, but those are, that's like the, how you learn, right? It's mm-hmm. not just a, you know, you, you play Talon and then sprinkle magic fairy dust on him. And then a few months later, he's better. It's like all of these conversations yeah. in the film room, in live action with all of these brilliant basketball people, you got Vogel and Phil Handy and, you know, uh, several of the, of the players on this team, even a guy like Wes Matthews, who's done it you know from the wing position defensively especially right like these are all guys that have something to add to Taylor's education and i i think i've loved i would love to see them just like give him the ball and let him run ball screens and pick and rolls mm-hmm. for stretches of time and they haven't done that yet but that's probably better for his long-term development it's kind of more of that eat your vegetables approach because once they start giving him the ball as opposed to him attacking off closeouts in transition a little bit more that's the part of his game that's most developed and that's not even what we're going to that much yet so yeah man sky's the limit really really excited yeah, I like the the basically it's it's what we saw the Spurs do with Kawhi, right? Where it was just, you know, cuz Kawhi it, it surprised a lot of people that Kawhi turned into the player that he turned into, right? And cuz entering the NBA, he didn't have a lot of the skills that he had. So the Spurs basically basically said, "All right, focus on defense and then go stand in the corner." And then after after uh you you consider yourself and are considered a good corner three-point shooter attack that close out with a dribble. Now you get two dribbles. Now you get three dribbles. And now we get to open up this other portion of the playbook for you. And they kind of brought them along very gradually. And I, I think we're seeing a lot of that same stuff, albeit with a different starting point and with a different focus uh, with THT, but still like, you know, that same kind of gradual, this is the part of the game that we want you to work on now. And then we can, and once you figure that part out, we can now, you know, hit that next level. You know, we can, we can upgrade you. You can, you can use the points that you accrued in the last few levels of this video game. And then after you've spent those points, we can get you some more points by, by opening up this portion of the playbook. It's kind yeah, of a he's fun little leveling up his character for sure exactly exactly all right let's take one more second here when we come back we're going to keep jumping around these headlines march madness is a few months away but the future of the nba is on display right now get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to chad ford's nba big board podcast draft guru chad ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles of Cade cunningham jalen suggs evan mobley and more Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcasts wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times and Style Magazine or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, and they're now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. 
We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for uh, a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exclusive limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. I just realized I said former employer. Yeah, I don't write there anymore, but I guess I do do podcasts there. So there you go, Vox. <laughs> um, all right. Next one here. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, but the Lakers laud Wesley Matthews for being a true professional after his comeback performance. Um, the reason I want to bring this back up, and I think this kind of ties into the THT thing is like, because you have so many professionals in that locker room, because you have so many people who kind of understand uh, the end game here because you don't have headaches from those kinds of players that allows you to focus on the THTs that allows you to, to really keep coups on this path where he's really focused on, on becoming a better role player than he is somebody who is fighting for a contract. Right. And, and like the, 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 the last point that I kind of wanted to make on this too, is like, we've seen it with Schroeder and, and uh, I think this is another example of this with Matthews where this culture of competition that uh, Rob Palinka has talked about a ton, right. And the way that they've wanted to cultivate that, that's been a, a big, you know, talking point that they've, they've used on all of this. And, you know, when I, when I heard that initially uh, the cynic in me is like, well, it's a lot easier said than done to kind of try to build that, uh, on the move or, 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 or as the entire organization is trying to figure things out because it's hard when, when a brand new uh, GM or team president is saying like, I'm going to do all these things. And he's been on the job for all of a week. Right. It's kind of hard to say like, okay, yeah, all of these things are actually going to come to fruition, but you know, the best version of this is what we're seeing here with, with Schroeder, where instead of hanging his head and and moping because Alex Caruso is outplaying him, you've seen him really push himself on the defensive side so that when the offense picks up, he's a better overall Laker, right? And I think uh, Wesley Matthews last night, right? It it had been really easy for for a player to say, "Oh, I fell out of the rotation. I'm only getting these minutes because of injuries." I'm just going to go out there and, and, and really try to win this spot back by doing things that are outside my game. But the game that he played was a really smart one. And, and I think, you know, all of this kind of comes back to the Lakers and it's easy to say this when they just won a championship and they're on their way potentially to winning another one. A lot of this gets, you know, it's a confirmation bias to a certain extent, but it does exist. And I think this is a really cool example of it. Yeah, absolutely. It, and he's somebody that, that's part of what you factor in when you're signing your 10th and 11th guys and mm -hmm. depth to your roster is that is this the type of person that can go in and out of the rotation and when they come back in it's they're able to hit the ground running are they going to cause locker room issues if they are taken out of the rotation that's also something that is very much 
how a guy re- reacts is going to be very much determined how the coach and how the the leadership of the team approaches them with that right and so it's a credit to to Vogel and and Hollins and to the staff to keep uh guys keep communicating with guys keep them ready right um but there needs to be that competition at the bottom of the roster of like we got nine spots for 11 guys and so mm-hmm. i don't want wesley matthews to be like oh shucks that's great i hope right. this kid right i hope this kid just kills it and takes my spot forever right no i want him to come back in and be like i haven't played in four games this is what you're missing you're going to have mm-hmm. to reconsider that right and that's that produces a healthy back and forth throughout the year that if it, if you don't have the guys that can play, I remember I had a team where I had like four dudes and a couple of them were kind of touch and go on the, on the effort thing. And it's difficult to like, you have to, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to hold guys accountable when you got somebody who can play behind him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If the next dude <laughs> yes. just stinks, like <laughs> you could tell it like, yeah, you know, I really need you to make that defensive rotation or else you're <laughs> coming like, out of the game. You play that guy. Yeah. You can play that guy coach. <laughs> All right. Good luck with that. Let me know how that works out for you. Right. And it's not like, it's not explicit. Right. Right. But, that kid the that was on the bench was never going to like really bust the ass of the mm-hmm. starter that I was hoping to get more out of. Right. And so having that threat, it just, it, it's just human nature, right? It's mm-hmm. not even a, and, and so having that and having these internally motivated guys like Wes really just helps the whole environment and, and culture uh, just all together. On that front, this isn't a, a, a silver screen headline. This is something that I've been thinking about over the last couple of days. So you and I have been a little annoyed, right, about the level of energy that the Lakers are bringing in the commitment and engagement and all of those things. And I kind of think that one of the factors that isn't getting enough airtime when people are trying to explain, like, why the Lakers are are kind of operating the way that they are, who's, like, the second best team in the NBA isn't exactly pushing them. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, can all things considered, we're in really good shape, you know, yeah. and, and they're, they can't beat, you know, there are a couple of teams, right? I want to see how they, what, do, what do more games against the Clippers look like? What do the Brooklyn games look like? Those are going to matter. Those aren't the only two teams, but they're, mm-hmm. they're two of them you still got to play the team in front of you that night and tomorrow night it's going to be OKC. Right. And so how do you mm-hmm. get value out of that day? But are we going to kid ourselves and be like, they're going to go at it with the sense of urgency, the way they would one of those bigger teams or one of those, the playoffs, it's just not how it works. And if you look around the league, like the freaking nets just lost to the Pistons tonight, right? Yeah. This isn't just a Laker thing that, that we're talking about. Right. And so just the management of that, it's, it's just a different year in a lot of, a lot of senses. Well, I, I just think, I just think, you know, Michael retired because he didn't see a second best player who was coming up and was, was really going to push him. Right. We saw the way yeah. that Larry and magic pushed each other. And I'm looking across the league and like, there are teams that I think could give the Lakers a hard time potentially, but I think the Lakers are so clearly in a class of their own that I think it'd be really easy to just kind of go through the motions and, and, and you look like, you know, they're LeBron and, and, and AD are trying to convince themselves like, Oh man, this Brooklyn team, if we see them in the finals, 
you know, we really got to see what that's going to look like. And then they go on and they lose to Detroit while they're the, by, they're the team, by the way, Brooklyn is a team that has something to prove. Like, it's not like the Lakers, when they lose to Detroit, they have the championship. They, 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 they get to say like, yeah, we're, we're, we're the reigning champs right now. Uh, the Clippers right now are playing harder consistently than the Lakers, I think, because the Lakers have that card in their back pocket. They're like, yeah, we'll, be, we'll, we'll see you there if we see you there. You know, and I think and the Lakers still have a better record than they do, by the way. And they, they do. But that's that's my point is that like the Lakers, I, I think they're so clearly right as as the league is currently constituted in a league of their own that. It's I think it'd be very difficult to to kind of try to push yourself when you see this season is going to be as long as it is. And you you, you look back on how shortly ago it was that you were playing in the finals. Right. And how you, when your body is telling you like, man, it would be really nice if I could just take tonight off, you know, and that, that sense of urgency that would normally come from like last year when the Lakers were a team that had something to prove and it was considered the Clippers were considered on their level, if not, you know, a level above same goes with the Bucks. The Lakers would be like, well, I'm chasing those guys. That's why I got to play hard tonight. There's nobody that they're chasing. And the people who are chasing them are like three laps behind. And I think it's, I think it's a real factor. It, it is. I also think that they're, that's, you get bit if you got too much. Absolutely. Like a certain amount of, I'm not saying it's okay. (laughs) Completely unavoidable. Right. Like, yeah, I understand, but you've got to be able to chase small goals, chase short-term goals, because mm-hmm. you can't just snap your fingers and be at the playoffs. And there's work to be done between now and then. Absolutely. Right? I've actually been, I've been trying to gauge this team, like when they're mentally engaged, because they're going to be mentally engaged come playoff time. Mm-hmm. How do they look in those minutes? That does, We're not great every time that we're yeah, playing hard, point. right? I don't want to act like, uh, like, Every time we care, we just blow teams out and the end, right? In fact, that first half against Denver, where we were down by double digits for part of it, I think we were down nine at the at the beginning of the third quarter. We were playing fairly hard for a decent portion of that. And those are great games to very educational games. And so we still need to learn from those and build off of those. But yeah, there is a certain degree of uh, who do you feel pushed by yeah. that, the Lakers are going to have to, in some ways, invent their own things to motivate themselves to make sure that the work gets done between now and and the postseason. Yep, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Uh, Pete and I will be back again tomorrow to recap the second game against the Thunder uh, in three days or whatever it's been. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see if the Lakers come out with a little bit more urgency. As of right now. Uh, AD is considered questionable for tomorrow. I believe Caruso is, is, is also going to be considered questionable. There's a headline here where they're saying the Lakers are being, you know, very precautionary about them, uh, which makes sense as Pete and I just finished talking about, right? They have much bigger goals than a Wednesday night against the Oklahoma city thunder. Uh, but all the same, Pete and I are going to be right back here to recap that also check out, uh, the my, my Twitter for the instant recaps or locked on nows uh, is what we're calling them uh, right after the game. I record like a minute or so recap of the game and then jump on here with Pete to, to, to get into things a little bit deeper. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. And we'll talk to you then.